our prayer and I am going to read this wonderful prayer out of my book. May we never forget to be thankful to thee, our Father. Thou doest daily load us with benefits. Thou art continually planning for our welfare. Yet we are indifferent to thy great goodness. <laughs> we pray and our prayers are answered, but we forget often to say thank you. Make us more mindful of thee, of our dependence upon thee, and of thy readiness to supply all of our needs. Then may we do more than speak our praise. May we live our praise and show our love to thee by our acts. Be present with us in our home. Teach us to trust thee, to listen to thy word, to do thy will. Teach us the joy of serving thee. When doubt disturb us, may we have a vision of thee that will take away all distress. Forbid it that we should darken the days of others by doubting words. Forgive our sins and make us more earnest in prayers, in gifts, in service. Let our home be a center for which blessings go out to neighbors nearby and far. And show us how to live always to the praise of thy holy name. Now, Lord Jesus, I ask you to continue to show me the things you want me to see. So when I speak, Lord, it will be only those things that you want me to say. God, we need to be healed. Our souls need healing. Our minds need changing. And our hearts need to be true to you. We need you now more than we have ever needed you before. So God, I pray that your spirit will rise up, convict us unto righteousness, open us up to receive the truth, and not only just hear it, but to take it in and walk it out. Not let this just be an activity of the day, but let it be an opportunity to come into your presence to feel your intimacy, to take on your change and walk out our new life in you this day and every day following, Father. God, you said that you come to set the captives free. Here we are. Free us, dear Lord Jesus. Free us this day. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. 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 Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Praise the Lord. We're in uh, 1 Thessalonians, and we're at the end of chapter 4, so we're going to begin with verse 13, 18, because we're just going to kind of major in this, in these few uh, verses. Uh, I, I don't know about you, but I really want to have an understanding concerning life and death, but especially death as a believer. Uh, that's because that is something that we don't really hear a whole lot about, uh, you know, in service, the talk about death. We only talk about the life and all that we can get and receive and, you know, all our expectations from, from God. Our expectations from him are high. 
but any expectations from us are either very low or non-existing. Amen. So prayerfully, the Lord is going to reveal something to us that's going to bring that change. So um, 1 Thessalonians 4, and beginning with verse 13 through 18, and, um, and the title of this is The Coming of the Lord. The Coming of the Lord. And then even that title, there should have been some rejoicing. Oh, glory. Okay, Lord. <laughs> okay, all right, let's read. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep. And that means the, the righteous dead, okay? That you sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so... Them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent or precede them which are asleep or dead. Okay? For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God. And, and, and that, that means trumpet. It's, it's going to be a sound, hallelujah, Jesus, of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Okay, here we go. I'm telling you, this, these are some powerful verses. Okay? And so I just pray that we'll get a great understanding so that we can live life, not survive it, and do it with an expectation that there is a much better, greater life on the other side. Because we as humans are too consumed with this earthly realm. Like I said, the title is The Coming of the Lord. And then in the coming of the Lord, the dead shall rise first. Okay? This is the dead in Christ. In this verse, or the reference of the death of Christians, mean those who are asleep. It's a different kind of death. It means we are actually just sleeping, okay? Believers only die once. That is on this side of heaven. When we choose to die to a sinful nature, die to our flesh and souls as we accept the work of the cross, and the work of the Holy Spirit in us for deliverance. Okay, I'm going to read that again. Okay, we only die once. That is on this side of heaven when we choose to die to a sinful nature. We were delivered from the sinful nature by the cross and the blood. 
but we have to make a choice to accept the new nature and die to the old nature. Otherwise, you will continue to live out the past. And, and, and if we don't accept that nature by confession first and walking out, which means I have to go against the things that I was accustomed to doing now in order to live to who Christ has called me today, all right? That's the work of the Holy Spirit. He is working in us to deliver our soul your heart was changed at salvation, but your soul is still bound. Your soul makes up your mind, your emotions that we revert back to because that's who we become and became comfortable to out of ignorance. Okay? So, when the life departs from this flesh or clay, because remember, when God created man, he created man from the clay to make it into a human form. But he, he breathed breath from him into man to create our souls and our hearts. Amen. So we were created in his image. Okay, you got to hold on to that thought. We were created in his image and he put his spirit in a body that's made of clay that he can get rid of anytime he chooses. The problem is after he created that clay and put them in the garden, they sin. And when they sin, then it allow another force to, to destroy us and cause us to die. And when we listen to that force of ignorance, evil and wickedness that only appeals to your flesh and your emotions, we die. Amen. Okay, when life departs from this clay, our soul and spirit goes to live in eternity with God, Amen. with a new glorified body. When you die in Christ, Believing in Christ. I'm not just talking about because you recited the salvation prayer. When you die in Christ, okay, then your soul and your spirit immediately goes and join in with him. Your body is destroyed. So God gives us a new glorified body when he comes back with the rapture that then in-house the soul and the spirit in order for us to live with him for eternity. So, so it says it goes to live in eternity with God with a new glorified body. For to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. This is why as believers, we don't fret over death the way those who have no hope because they don't have Jesus fret over death. Okay. Help me, Holy Ghost. Amen. This is why Paul tells us that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. We don't grieve like those who have no hope. Mm -mm 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 -mm. Not as unbelievers do, because without Christ, without Christ, there is no hope. 
You have no hope without Christ. Okay? Grief is a natural and healthy process. But Christians' grief should look different from that of others who have no hope. We don't grieve like the hopeless. Amen? Grief is a natural way of mourning to release and go forth. Our emotions must be released and not held in because depression and sickness can result from holding in and not uh, expressing or talking it out. Okay? This is why we are allowed to grieve. Okay? Because it's a release. Okay? The problem is we'll stay in that place. And that's not biblically correct. Because on the other hand, we, we don't let grief take us over and live in grief like a punishment or that our life must stop, especially since we don't own ourselves. We don't have that right. Amen. See, that's how we practice grief. We, and I have to speak for, for uh, my, my uh, uh, ethnic people. I'm not going to say race because there's only one race, and it's the human race. And cultures vary according to people, not ethnicity. Culture is predicated based on what went on in your household when you were growing up. I don't care what your ethnic background is. We don't have no culture that's black or white because there's only one race. We have a culture of what went on in our households as how we were raised according to a standard. So we have a tendency of thinking, if I'm not grieving and I'm not crying and I'm not real sad, I'm out of order, uh, how could I be like this when I just lost? that's, That's not a standard. Yes, we're going to grieve when we lose. We grieve when we lose something. You know you're going to grieve when you lose someone that you love, okay? But you don't live in the station of grief. Jesus is our perfect example. When he lost his best friend and his cousin, who was the forerunner to let everybody know that he was going to come as the Messiah, he went to grieve. Remember that? He went up into the mountain to grieve. And the people who had knees pulled him out because they came seeking for healing and deliverance and for miracles. And he had to leave that place of grief and come out and do the work of the ministry that what he was called to do. That works the same way with us. Okay? That's the same way it works with us. And so we, we, we don't live in that place because... We got to remember, you don't get to make that choice. You don't have a right to make that choice. Because this body is not my own to rule. That body is not your own to rule. You were bought with a price. 
and that was with the shed blood of Jesus Christ. So you don't get to make decisions that only pacify your flesh. You have an obligation to the one who purchased you. You are no longer a slave to Satan, but you're a slave to Jesus Christ. And you have to hearken to what he tells us as to how we to live. Now, for any of you who were not here on Saturday, when I talked about living in a spirit of excellence, you need to get that, need to listen to that podcast so that you can realize he has high expectations of what and who belongs to him. Amen. And so we need to try to understand and come into that and rise up to the occasion. Now, I'm, I'm going to go to my uh, uh, Bible dictionary because I want to read a little bit of stuff about, uh, about death. Okay. Because we really do need to understand it and stop doing things. Stop doing things um, based on how we were taught or learned by people who didn't know the word. I don't care if they was in church, and I don't care if they was preaching and pastoring and, and a bishop or none of that. Because if you had gotten it, you would be so further ahead. We all would be, okay? I don't care about any kind of organization that you've been in to set some rules and guidelines for you that is not biblically correct. Forget it. Move on. We want to live the life that God has set aside for us. Not how or what we have come to understand. So what you need to do is say, God... Take away this worldview of understanding. I choose to walk in your way and in your kingdom way from now on. I'm serious. Say it right now. Forgive me, God, for walking in the world's view. I denounce it right now in the name of Jesus. I will walk in a kingdom view. From this day, this moment forward, in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, now from my dictionary, it says, death, the biblical portrait of death is not that of a normal outworking of natural processes. Instead, the Bible presents human death as a reaffirmation that something has gone away in God's created order. Scriptures do not, however, picture death as a hopeless termination of human consciousness, but instead brim with the hope of resurrection. Again, Jesus was our example. He died. He was born to die in order to rise. <laughs> okay, all right. Biblical scholars group the Bible's teachings on death into three distinct but interrelated categories. Physical, spiritual, and eternal. And when we make a decision to spiritually die on this side, that physical death won't harm you. Amen. Okay? Physical death, I'm going to read a little bit. Physical death, the opening chapters of the Pentecost pinpoint the origin of human death in the endemic rebellion 
Okay, that means what happened in the Garden of Eden, okay, was the beginning of spiritual death. Otherwise, we, there would be no death. But sin brought it on. Okay, y'all hearing this. Okay, this mortality eventually overtook Adam and is a certainty for all of his descendants. That's us. Apart from direct miraculous provision, as in the case of the prophet of Elijah, God has fixed an hour of death for each human being. In their fallen, finite state, human beings are powerless to avert the reality of death. What we do, can do, is decide on who's going to be the author of it. Is it Satan or is it God? Okay? Because if you choose Satan, it's eternal damnation. But if you choose God, it's eternal life and blissed in him. Okay? All right, okay. So we, we know that there's a physical and there's a spiritual, and there's an eternal. So when you die to the things of the world right now, you're going to have eternal life with God. But if you live to the things of the world, you will have eternal hell. Okay? It says, throughout the Bible, death is a, mem a reminder of the brevity of human life. The Bible calls for joyful living in light of one's certain destiny in the grave compares the shortness of life to the fleeting existence of a flower and contrasts the shortness of human life with the eternal faithfulness of God. So, so you see, you putting credence in something that was never meant after sin to profit or be a destiny, okay? Jesus spoke of the suddenness of death as a warning to those who trust in their earthly possessions rather than in the gracious provisions of God. James describing human existence as a vapor argues that impending death exposes the tentativeness of all human plans. While you sitting up here planning everything, okay, we need to be focusing on Jesus Christ, Amen. who is the only one. Uh, it's a whole lot of stuff on, on this, but that's all I wanted to read for you guys, who... Um, is um, focusing on Jesus, who is the author, the finisher of our faith, who's the beginning and the ending, the first and the last. And when we put our mind where it really needs to be, we can live a more joyful and peaceful life. So under those understandings now, who are you ministering life to? Are you ministering life to your loved ones who are unbelievers or religious participants of organizations? Are you living out your new life where they and others can see the light of Jesus through you and recognize the powerful change that states he or she is different, different enough to inquire? Are, do you understand what I'm saying? Do your loved ones See your light of Jesus so different that they need to ask some questions about what's going on. I see a change in you. See, when I tried to explain to my friend, once she asked, why are you acting so funny and different? Which, you know, was a complaint. 
It wasn't the kind of question I wanted her to ask, okay? I'm trying to explain to her, I'm still your friend. There's nothing different. I, I just don't enjoy what we used to do when we were hanging out together. This happens to be a wife of a, of a guy and the couple, the two couples of us, we, we used to hang together. Well, I was not even aware of the fact that I was resisting. I'm laying back because I'm following my new nature unaware. But as I heard myself say what I said on the phone, the light came on and I blurted out, I'm born again. <laughs> well, she thought I was exclaiming this to her. No, Jesus was explaining it to me, to make, for me to understand why. And, I, and I'm like, oh my God, I just, I just dismissed her. Oh, okay, because I knew she didn't understand what I was saying. But, but that incident then, from then on, when I was challenged by other old friends by that same comment, I ministered Jesus to them. Amen. Not knowing that three of them was going to die so early, but I led them to the Lord before their deaths. One was like a, 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 a foster brother. He and his sister, his sister's still living, and you all have seen his sister a couple of times at the retreat, uh, was like a, a, big, uh, a big brother to me. And, and I went to um, the facilities where they had him, uh, where we thought he was going to recover and come back out, and I, and I ministered to him, and I led him to the Lord. The other two were um, uh, friends of mine. So we all went to school together. We all went to school, to a Catholic school, and, and we were definitely the minority in number. Because I never seen myself as a minority. I know I'm, I, I'm, I'm of the black group, but I never saw myself as a minority. And so um, when, um, so we all stayed very close. You know how you just, you know, you, you're, you're the group, okay? Well, two of them I was able to lead to the Lord and it was just before they passed away. And because we were blown away that they died so young. Because when I'm talking about young, I'm talking about in my young days, okay? So, um, or younger days, I should say. <laughs> and then the others that are now living, their lives have changed because I have been able to lead them to the Lord. When I was writing this, I'm like, bless the Lord. Okay, because you know how you, things happen and you don't give it any more thought? And so some of them are on our mailing list that get our devotional, uh, the, you know, the devotional book. Did I bring it out here? And, um, huh, I intended to bring it out here and, because I want to read something out of it. So um, thank you. <laughs> um, and, 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 and they have called me to share their testimonies and also their blessings. They have called me in and asked, I need you to pray for me for certain things. You know, we take so much stuff for granted because that is a blessing. Because I didn't have to try to act like I used to act to maintain their friendship. I let them know, yes, I'm changed, but in a good way. Okay, I still love you. And I'll be with you when I feel that we're in the right environment, but I ain't hanging under no other circumstances. Yeah. 
and 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 when we have gotten together because of funerals and stuff, and they go off into the room to do their thing, and then and then they come in and and say, you know, uh, we apologize, we just don't want to bring that. I said, you can't hide it from God, so I don't know why you're trying to hide it from me. Plus, you can't hide it because I can smell it. So, so it don't make any difference. You, you, what you need to do is come to grits with, with God, not with me. But I appreciate that you respect me enough not to do it before me. Amen? But as Christians, we need to come out of the closet. Just like everybody else is coming out the closet. We need to come out the closet and de declare and stand for righteousness and for our Savior, Jesus Christ. We should not be acting one way with unbelievers and another way with believers. It should be across the board. Either you are for Christ or you're not. Okay? We need to stop trying to fit in or keep it real. I don't even want to hear that no more. Keep it real? You mean when you act like the world, you're keeping it real, but you declare that you're in Jesus Christ, that isn't real? Think about that statement. We say a lot of stuff that we don't really think it through, okay? Looking like we have no hope when life challenges hit, hits us. Believers, look in life. You have no hope in life because you're dealing with the challenge in life. We need to stop it. Our hope of glory lives in us. His name is Jesus Christ. See, we know a Savior that major in impossibilities who promises never to leave us. The question is, do you trust him? Do you believe in him? Then rise up and call his name and declare that you are an overcomer and that you have overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. Amen. Now, in, in, in verses uh, 14 through 16, where I'm, I'm going to read that again and then I'll go back. It says, for if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, them which also sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. Remember, this death in Christ, when, this, when the breath goes out of this body, is a sleeping position. <laughs> Glory, hallelujah, Jesus. Glory, hallelujah. Okay, so he says, For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, by the doctrine of Jesus Christ, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not precede those who are sleeping. Those are Christians who are sleeping. Okay? For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Okay, this is referencing the rapture. For the dead in Christ shall rise up, be with the Lord, along with those who are living and in Christ. It's like a home going, okay? And, and you're going to be celebrating with, with those who died in Christ before you did. That's why you don't act like you do. there's no hope. It's, it's the end. It is not the end. It's just another chapter. Because we're going to be with them. 
That's why you need to be trying to minister to those you love, okay? It says that the believer's soul and spirit at this time, which at death, immediately goes to be with the Lord and will be reconnected to a glorified body. Because, you know, people have the darnest questions. They're worrying about, well, I still have this same body. Why? Why would you want it? And by, the, and by the time that we leave away from here, we done experience all, all kinds of sickness and diseases and discoloration and, and gray hair and all that kind of stuff. Ooh, so why? <laughs> well, the answer is no. You're going to have a glorified body just like Jesus when he rose. He had a glorified body. Okay? Praise the Lord. Okay, so the rapture of the church is the word of the Lord. That's when, when Paul was talking about that um, this is a, uh, we say this by the word of the Lord. So the word of the Lord is the rapture of the church, which is a doctrine of the rapture of the church. It's the doctrine. Okay, it's not just a word you've read. You're reading biblical doctrine. The rapture of the church is biblical doctrine that we which are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will not go before the saints who are asleep. Amen. And so then in, in, in 16, when it, when, it, when it talks about the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, it says that the, the, this was proclaimed in Acts 1 and 11 by the angels who prophesied this. The coming of the Lord. See, that's what's so wonderful about Christianity. Christianity was prophesied in advance and is being manifested and proven out all the time. There is no other religion that prophesied anything and then came to pass. Amen. Okay? And, and the voice of the archangel refers to Michael. And this is prophesied in Jude, Jude verse 9 that relates to only truly born again believers will see and be in the rapture Amen. of Jesus Christ. <laughs> Only truly born again believers will experience the rapture. This is why our focus on this side needs to be, how can I please you, Father? Show me my heart the way you see it so I can surrender my will to your way because his way is changing and fixing us, purging us, cleansing us so he can bless us. Amen. And so, so when we're going to rise with the other saints and be with God, and then we're going to be up in the air, verse 17 says, Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. The Greek word for air is A-E-R, air, which refers to the lower atmosphere or from about 6,000 feet down to the earth. We don't come all the way to the earth, okay? Now, Jesus will not come all the way down until about seven, seven years or more later, but we shall always be with the Lord. Now, when he comes down to judge the earth, the good news is we're not here for that. We're with him in the judging. 
That's why you need to fight to be an overcomer and not let this world system overcome you. Amen? So with that bit of information, this is why Paul tells the church at the end, wherefore comfort one another with these words. Comfort one another with our eternal future with God, which is our ultimate destiny for believing believers who are not ashamed of who they of who they are and who they serve and they walk the talk and profess that they have been changed by the blood of Jesus Christ and they believe in the resurrection of Jesus therefore they should rise in a glorified body salvation is far more than conveniences that one looks for on earth. For our reward with Christ in heaven, for living righteous, far outweigh these experiences and relationships here on earth. Because newscast, when we get to heaven, if some of your loved ones get to heaven, you won't know them in that relationship, you'll know them as a saint. So I don't know what you're worrying about, trying to impress relatives and having such a, a committed dedication to some clay that's out of order. Because you're not going to know them in that position in heaven if they get saved. And if they don't get saved, not only is that position over, everything is over because they're going to be in one eternity and you're going to be in another eternity so tell me how that relationship supersedes your walk with Christ oh okay think about it that's why you need to be focusing and asking God how to make a difference what do you want me to say what would you have me to do to make a difference see y'all are really quiet because I know I'm stepping on some sacred cows we we put too much weight on relationships. And let me tell you, these relationships here on earth were set up to be a, 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 a weight, a guard, a standard, not to reverence and, 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 and put before God. It's to bring order. The only reason why we have to have it because God is a God of order. And so if he put us all equal with a sinful nature, chaos. Nobody listens to anybody, okay? See, it, he didn't have to do that before the sin because there was no need. But now that we know the difference between good and evil, everybody cannot be equally ruling. So he had to come up with a position of rule where we have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, family, husband, wife, children. You have government. You have presidents, vice presidents. So you, you see, he set this up for order. So you don't reverence and love the order more than you do the creator. And let what they think and what they say override who you're supposed to be. You are too, too ashamed to let them know that you're trying to walk upright, that you go along with all of their rhetoric. And, and they jive talk and all that kind of stuff to stay in their good gracious 
or they're out of order and you go along with it because after all, that's my sister, that's my daddy, that's my mother, you know, grow up! Salvation is far more important. Guess what? This earth situation should be basic training for a higher and everlasting life with Christ. You know, when they, people go in the armed forces, they go in basic training before they go on the warfare. Okay? Well, this is what this is, should be about, basic training. And so when you pass, you get elevated. So if this is basic training for a higher and everlasting life with Christ, then you don't make this life all about you about your comforts, your needs, and your happiness. Uh, And when you do, you have missed the mark and the mark of excellence. The battle is overcoming your flesh, not another individual. For we should all be one in Christ and not thinking more highly of ourselves. Always presenting yourself and acting like you're the victim when you are supposed to be an overcomer, being oversensitive, feeling sorry and entitled, wanting to get even, not forgiving, holding grudges, always angry, lips turn up, frowns on your faces, eyes rolling, which is causing you to drown in a pit of bitterness. The person who you feel caused those feelings don't care and it is not bothered by you or your feelings. And like everyone else, do not want to be bothered with you. Even those who may sympathize with you, if they had a choice to hang out or be around you or, or, or a positive person, guess who they would choose? You are not that important to man. You are not that important to man. Only God cares enough, but your bitterness has built up a fort of a fortified city around you where nothing can get in and nothing can come out. You hold the key to unlock the gate. So why don't you let Jesus in to save and deliver you the overcoming side is far better than where you are right now. Amen. So I need you to just repeat after me. Thank you, Father, for awaking my soul this day. I release, I let go, I turn away everything and everyone that has blinded my sight from seeing the truth. I give myself to you. I give you all of me. Help me, Holy Ghost, to live up to this confession so that I will be pleasing unto the Lord. I will be a sweet-smelling Savior in his nostril, nostril. 
Thank you for another chance and another day to get this right. I walk in your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, I'll do the benediction first and then we'll have the announcements last. Okay. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. The Lord bless you. May Yahweh, he who exists, kneel before you, making himself available to you as your heavenly father so he can bestow upon you his promises and gifts and keep you and guard you with a hedge of thorny protection that will prevent Satan and all your enemies from harming you. May he protect your body, soul, mind, and spirit, your loved ones, and all your possessions. The Lord make his face shine upon you. May Yahweh, he who exists, illuminate the wholeness of his being toward you, continually bringing to you order so that you will fulfill your God-given destiny and purpose and be gracious to you. May Yahweh, he who exists, provide you with perfect love and fellowship, never leaving you, give you sustenance, provision, and friendship. The Lord lift up his countenance on you. May Yahweh, he who exists, lift up and carry his fullness of being toward you, bringing everything that he has to your aid, supporting you with his divine embrace and his entire being, and give you peace. May Yahweh, he who exists, set in place all you need to be whole and complete so you can walk in victory moment by moment by the power of the Holy Spirit. May he give you supernatural health, peace, welfare, safety, soundness, tranquility, prosperity, perfection, fullness, rest, harmony, as well as the absence of agitation and discord. In Jesus' name, traveling mercies for you and tell somebody about Jesus. Amen.